everybody. Welcome to episode 119 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Coverton, and who's who's draining blood with me tonight? No longer has any pithy comments, Julian Titus. <laughs> All right. And welcome back. And we are, I'm going to introduce, Ashley, why don't you say where people might know you from first? Oh, uh, you might know me from the Nerds Without Pants podcast. Um, we're actually um, just about to record our 200th episode. So uh, nice. look excited about that. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. How many years has it been now? Uh, it'll be nine years this July. <laughs> That's a long time. It is. <laughs> a lot of podcasting. I, I like to think of it as the most expensive hobbyist podcast on the market because the amount of money I've put into it over the last like almost decade is kind of crazy for a podcast that has a very small listener base and yeah. you know no no money coming in. But it's a it's a it's a labor of love. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put as much money, but I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. All right. And we are here to talk about a very special game. We are going to be talking about Legacy of Kane Defiance from Crystal Dynamics came out in 2003. We are going to wrap up our first series on games my mom found. And who the hell would have thought in the Blood Omen series? Legacy of Kane? Nobody, because I never thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good one, though, because it it's a it's a cult classic series. It's a dormant series and yeah. there aren't a lot of games in it. So it's, it's an easy one to actually play through the entire thing. If you're interested, you just have to track it down in some, well, most of it's on PC. Not all yeah. Of it. mo- mo- yeah. I don't know, was, this, sh- was this one on PC? This one is yes. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. It's on steam. Okay. Then they should, uh, they should all be on PC. Cause I know that blood <laughs> omen was blood omen one is, is not, you can't buy it anymore because of right. Oh, it okay. is. You can play it on PC, right? It, it, it's there for PC. You just can't buy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't play PC stuff. So like, I always forget about like, you can't really play older stuff on new PCs unless there's a lot of like work on the back end done for it. So yeah. Cause that would have been like a 1996 or seven 97 thing. Yeah. Uh, well, like example, I played Warcraft two, not that long ago. Cause I just needed my Warcraft fix mm-hmm. and I wasn't playing what blizzard has. I took the old game and threw it in a DOS box and yeah. later played it that way. Same as I play a game called that I want to do in the show really bad, but I haven't found a sucker yet. Magic the Gathering Chandelier from like 1994 or 95 or maybe 96. I can't remember. Mm. But you have to be a fan of Magic the Gathering or it, there's no way it's going to work. Right. Because <laughs> you're not going to want to play the game. Oh, this is I guess this is the part where I'm on the show and I, and I nominate my co-host Justin Ham because I know he loves Magic the Gathering and playing potentially bad games. So you might want to hit him up again. Okay, It's a good game. It's it's just from 97, but you have to know Magic Gathering to play it. And you go across a world map and beat, beat people, win cards, win money, buy new cards, and you eventually go and defeat these wizards. I bet he's, he probably played it when it was new. So I did, yeah. too. I, I, love it. <laughs> I, every, I pick it up every year. I go back to it. At some point in the year, I'll just play it for like a cool. whole month. But all right, enough of that. <laughs> Legacy of Kane. And the reason why we're doing this episode is because back in episode 19, is when we first covered the first Le- Legacy of Kane, Blood Omen, so I figured a hundred episodes later, we should finish the series out and do it in defiance. That sounds good. Yeah. You, you've done a hundred episodes right around the time that, or we've done a hundred episodes or, you know, and then right around that time we've, we've hit the 200 mark. So yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it's surpri- like, this is a series that I hate it and love it at the same time. <laughs> so I'm not, that's, yeah, that's fair. I'm not a complete fan of it, but I also like, it's been, it's been an experience playing through it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this game is either the best or the second best of the entire series. Agreed. Yeah. I, Soul Reaver is the only one that 
might be better. I don't know. Because Silver Reaper was really damn good. Yeah. So yeah. The, kinda, did you play this back in the day? I did. I, I mean, I bought this day one because I was such a huge fan of uh, Legacy of Kane. And even though I was disappointed in Blood Omen 2 when that came out, like just seeing like preview coverage in magazines of Defiance, I was like, okay, this looks cool. And also just the chance to play as both characters that I had grown to love by that point. Like it just seemed like this was going to be like finally the legacy of Kane game that kind of, you know, made it explode as a series. And, and instead of being this like under the radar type of thing that only like super geeky people like got into. How'd that work out? So I, I really enjoyed it. Like I remembered loving this game, but I remember I didn't finish it. And what I know what happened is that I put it down to play something else for a little bit. And then I came back to it and could not remember what I had been doing and Mm -hmm. couldn't figure out where to go next. And now I know why, because I stopped on the Vorador's mansion level and that is one of the most, it's the water temple. It's Legacy worse. of Kane Defiance. It's oh, worse than the Water Temple. I don't know. No, I don't know if it's worse than the Water Temple, like for sheer navigation purposes. But we'll get into it. But like, I got, I was okay. So I probably played this game for about fourteen hours to finish it, and three to four of that playtime was on that one level. And every time that I got stuck on this game, and I got stuck a fair amount, was purely because of weird camera angles where I couldn't actually see what. I was supposed to be doing next or where I was supposed to go next. And uh, that's definitely something we'll get into it. But the thing about that is that that's kind of just a product of the time, which I think is why it didn't bother me in 2003, but it bothers me in 2021 um, just because like we're still talking about a time when you usually didn't have full camera control on video games. Like there's a reason why, because you know, obviously this is super aping devil may cry, which I think came out like a year before. I mean, straight up with like the the air juggles and the launchers and all of that stuff. But also, if you remember, like Devil May Cry one was fixed camera angles like a Resident Evil game. Same thing with Onimusha. And I kind of wish that this had fixed camera angles, too, because I think that would have fixed a lot of my issues with it. It would have been better at times because the camera is the biggest enemy in this game. Mm -hmm. You can't look around when you want to. And some of the fixed camera, I felt like they were fixed camera. The, the camera angles you get are just not friendly. Like there were times where I need to go a certain way or my favorite, you'd be running one way. The camera would switch. So now he's running the, the opposite. The camera switches. Now you, your controls are all backwards. Like, so yes. And here, okay. here's where I get on my soapbox about why tank controls are good. It's because <laughs> of for stuff like this, because when you're doing shifting camera angles, fixed camera angles in a 3d game but you're using full analog control you get into situations like legacy of kane defiance where you do the cutscene to phase through a gate and then immediately phase back through the gate because you're no longer facing the same direction mm-hmm. where if you're just if you just know that up on the d-pad is always forward and back is always backwards you don't have those problems so that that's why like I'm a huge defender of like the early Resident Evil control scheme. I can I can fly through the old Resident Evil games like oh, their controls they're, are fine. They're, yeah, they're, well, I mean a lot of people hate them, hate them, but like yeah. I I I'm like a ninja on on those games and you know I I remember playing Fatal Frame for the PS2 which was the same thing where it w- it was fixed camera angles but full analog control and I I had to stop playing it because I kept getting into situations where I was going you know, back and forth between the same screen because the camera angle would change and like all of a sudden like up would be back and you know, it, it, uh, yeah. 
It's a, it's a problem. <laughs> no, that was my that was also my biggest problem with this game. It's like I don't mind tank controls. I didn't like fear effect tank controls, but normally tank controls, as long as the game is made right, doesn't bother me. Yeah. And I and I felt like it would I, I can see where you're coming from. Like it would have improved this game. You know, like the combat is fine. Like I really enjoyed the combat as Kane as Raziel. But when it came to trying to figure out where the hell to go, it's so damn confusing. Yeah. And you repeat areas in this game. So this game takes place over the court of you play as two different characters, you play as Kane and Raziel. From the series Soul Reaver and Blood Omen, respectively. Picked and then up right he, after Soul Reaver 2. I don't even remember. In Soul Reaver 2, didn't he like take the Reaver and stab Raziel with the Reaver? Kane did? Yes. And then so Raziel gets he he goes back to the spectral realm, and that's where you get the line nature abhors a paradox. And so, you know, this picks up right after that where Kane is doing his thing, but then Raziel is imprisoned by, you know, the Oh, the dying. entity that that raised him, and so you, you know he, he has to get out of the spectral realm in his first level. Okay. I really like the way that it alternates between the characters. I thought that was really cool. It was cool, and this is the cane from Soul Reaver One that threw Raziel into the pit, and then saw Raziel again in Soul Reaver One or Soul Reaver Two. It's yes. that same cane, not the cane from Blood Omen Two, because that game was a time paradox that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of right. No, I think it do, it did happen because they they mentioned the stuff from Blood Omen Two quite heavily in this one. Oh, the Hilden the, the the Hild- and stuff like Hilden. that. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting because I remembered you like I think we mentioned that on Blood Omen Two where like you know they had kind of said that they were going to like non canonize that game. But then, you know, the stuff that you learn from the end of Blood Omen 2 definitely factors in pretty heavily um, to, like, the back half of this game. So, Good point. Um, Plus, one of the bosses you fight is the guy possessing somebody else in from Blood Omen 2. The, the final boss of Blood Omen 2 is in this game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that I thought it was so I love and I, I know I've said this in, on the previous That's podcast, fine. but I love the lore and the world building of this series. I think that Silicon Knights like had a really amazing foundation and then Crystal Dynamics built on it in a fundamentally amazing way. And I love the fact that this game, especially because, you know, I didn't know how this game ended before going into this podcast. And I I felt bad because it is the last in this series, probably. And I was like, man, I wonder if this is even going to feel like an ending or if it's going to feel satisfying. And I love the fact that they were able to really pull together all of these disparate games told by different people because Blood Omen was told by one team, Soul Reaver 1 and 2 was by another, and then Blood Omen 2 was by a, yet another. So being able to take all of that stuff and all of this like disparate lore that was kind of bolted on by different uh, teams, they really like turned it into something cohesive. And like I don't know if... like I don't think that they left a thread unwrapped up. Like, I... I was kind of amazed like they 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 even like redeemed Ariel and they they brought Mortanius back and you finally get Mobius the time streamers come up and <laughs> like it's like like they kind of like wrapped up everything so if there's no more legacy of Kane then I'm I'm happy that at least you know it has a satisfying conclusion. We'll have to talk about that any later cuz I didn't really catch a lot of stuff that was going on with the ending for some reason. Mm. My brain wasn't comprehending. I was just, I was like, I beat the game, then the game. I listened to it, I watched it, then the game got turned off really fast. Yeah, to be fair, I, I finished it last night at like 2.30 in the morning, so I'm a little, like, part of it was a little fuzzy, because my, you know, I've been playing it for like, <laughs> I think like five hours straight at that point, but, but, but still, like, like I was, I was, I was pretty pleased with what I saw. Okay, lots to talk about it. And I should say there will be spoilers for Legacy Game, but if you haven't listened to the early episode, none of it will mean anything to you, so. 
Yeah, probably not. <laughs> also, why would why would you start with like that? I'm always I'm like, why why did you start? You know, like you, you guys have been doing the the MCU, and like I, I would hear people like, yeah, I I I watched um, Avengers Endgame, and I hadn't watched anything else, and I didn't know what was going on. It's like, well, what? Why? Yeah, oh. why did you do that? <laughs> like, why didn't you at least watch the other like three Avengers movies? It, you would have been fine just watching those, but okay, whatever. You do you. <laughs> I mean, there are people who do that. That's why, like, with yeah. this series, I mean, I think that's one reason why this one doesn't have a number, that they just, they don't want you to, like, oh, well, I haven't played the rest of the series, so I'm not going to touch it. But if you bought this game and you hadn't played Soul Reaver, Blood Omen, you wouldn't know what the fuck's going on. It, yeah, this is, like, I think, I think like, all it needed was, like, a really good, like, recap cinematic. Yeah, I mean, and you can go back and watch at least, like, the intro cut scenes from, like, Soul Reaver 1 and 2, and I think... I think Blood Omen, actually. So you can at least get, like, the very broad stroke. But, yeah, it, it really just needed a, like, previously on. Because, you know, this series is just so, you know, episodic. Yeah, and that was one of the problems I, I felt with it. Like, I didn't have that problem because I played the entire series. And I remember bits and pieces of it. Like, mm-hmm. for me, finally get to play as Kane and Raziel. And this is also my favorite Kane. I don't like Kane and Blood Omen 2. I don't like Kane and Blood Omen 1. But the Kane in this game was badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. this is. Like elder vampire Kane, essentially. Yeah. God, he was badass. Yeah, and just you know, going back to the combat, like it's so good. Uh, like you know, again, just, clearly just ripping off Devil May Cry in almost like whole cloth, <laughs> but like in a really amazing way. Like I, I think that you know they really like upped the game. And you know, I will say that like I do think there's issues with pacing, where especially since you are backtracking so much that they needed fewer enemies. It's not, and it's not that I didn't enjoy the combat. It's just that at a certain point, when you're just trying to get out of Vorador's fucking mansion after three and a half hours, you, you don't want to, you know, be held up by the same group of enemies going through the same hallway. But well, even so, like, every yeah, time, every time, and I then, got lost you know, in the mansion too. I had to literally watch a video scene by scene and do exactly what the YouTuber did, or I could not figure it out. Yeah, I I had to. So it was it was neat because I, I looked it up and on I actually went to GameFAQs first because I I was going back between GameFAQs and YouTube because at first I just wanted like hints you know and then figure it out from my for my own. But the intro of this right this fact writer's uh, thing to Vorador's mansion was oh boy uh, this level is going to enrage you. <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> like I feel justified in the fact that this is where I stopped. Like it it may it makes sense to me that you know. I probably put it down to play something else because I got stuck and then came back to it. I was like, Oh, now I'm even more stuck and I can't, I can't even figure out what I need to do next. So yeah, that level, man, <laughs> it's one of those games that like, I can completely see why like you got, you got dropped off that level. Cause I, I was doing the level and I, was, I had a guide pulled up and I'm following the guy. Like, oh, you can jump here, do this. All right. And at some point, I, because he would just, because at least in the guide I was reading, he wouldn't give me a whole lot of detail. Like, oh, I'll go back to this room. I'm like, well, I don't know what room this is. And yeah, there's no map in this game. There is no map. There's nothing indicator saying you should go here. Items do float. You know, this is an item. This is something that you want, but you're not getting like you're not getting what you need. Like, I, I need a map. If I would have had a map and a working camera. I've been just fine. Yes, this game is like it needs at least a mini map or, or well, it needs a mini map, but at least like a, a map screen that you can pause and go to. But, but yeah, that, that, that was like my, my big issue, you know, every time that I got stuck on the game was that invariably it would be something that like, 
at some point it almost felt like they were doing it on purpose where they would like actually put stuff like in the corner of rooms where the camera didn't actually pivot. <laughs> like, like one part in like specifically where I was at one of the um, like elemental reaver areas for Raziel and I needed to rematerialize into the physical realm and could not find the place to do it. And I ran around there for like 20 minutes. And then finally I found it in, in the corner of the room where the camera doesn't go. Like, think about, like, it would be, like, behind where the camera was stationed, like, for this shot. And you just had to know to, like, kind of move, you know, because you can move the camera slightly, you know, back and forth and up and down. And so once I did that, like, it was like, okay, there it is. And, you know, that you can kind of hear the sound of the the portal, but it's not distinct by any any means. So, yeah, just things like that. And... Like that was every time it was like, oh, I didn't know that that was a door because it looked just like the rest of the, you know, the background. Uh And also like the camera didn't like fixate on it like, you know, it should. But again, a lot of that is just, you know, 2003 era design. And also one one other thing is that the levels are very much like copy and pasted where it's like you have like (laughs) identical hallways just like reversed in certain areas of the game. And that makes it even more confusing because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of landmarks to like be like, okay, I know if I go here, then this is going to lead me to where I need to go for this thing. And that, that becomes a big issue. I mean, that's just getting lost all the time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you go back to places over and over again also plays a big part in that. Yeah. Because as the game is split up in chapters, each chapter you play as Razio or Kane, you go to some of the same places you'll warp back to, and then you'll have to go somewhere new in that area. Right. And I also didn't like the way Razio played as much in this game. He seems weaker than Kane, doesn't he? Like, by yeah, a, he, by a he, large definitely margin. Weaker. Yeah. He's faster than Kane, but he's, I would say, definitely weaker than Kane. Also, the fact that with his puzzles, there's multiple times in this game where you have to shift the world into the spiritual realm or the spectral realm, jump on something, and, and I never thought about that. I'm like... I forgot that they could even do that. The game doesn't remind you that's a thing. Yeah, and they're also not as ambitious with it in this game as they were in, like, actually, Soul Reaver 2 wasn't as ambitious with the Spectral Realm shifting either. It was really Soul Reaver that had kind of the really, like, mind-blowing puzzles using that mechanic. And yeah, so, like, I was in the same boat where I knew that, like, shifting changed the environment, but it was used so little in Defiance that when I really needed it, I was like, Oh, right. Okay. Like, I didn't even think to do that because I just haven't had to do it for most of this game. So, yeah, it, it probably it needed like, you know, better tutorializing on, on that part of it. Yeah, there were like there was one part early on with Kane when you're in a cemetery or not Kane, but with Raziel when you're in a cemetery and you get your first you get the first Reaver, the Dark Reaver, Shadow Reaver, whatever the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. Like, okay, it shows me this door. Okay, I know I have to go and touch this orb. So I'd go over to the orb, touch the orb thinking I had to touch it to get the reaver that color, then run all the way to this door, and it wouldn't open the door. It wasn't until I watched the video where I saw the guy press up on the D-pad and switch the reavers. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, either I'm spoiled by new games, or you guys did not explain any of this to me. I, th- I think that there was... Was there a tool? T- no, I don't think there was. And see, this, this is also that era where you needed to read the instruction manual. Like, the... From Soul Reaver on, they do a decent job of, like, telling you the basic controls. But I don't think that they actually tell you, yeah, like, you know, left and right on the D-pad will change your Reavers. Because I was I was that way with Kane also. I was like, I think I was almost done with the game when I was like, oh, yeah, so you can change the elements on his Reaver too. I just, yeah. you don't need to do it as much with Kane because his Reaver spells don't 
require that you don't need them to solve puzzles like you do for Raziel. Yeah, like there's a, a puzzle early on with Raziel. You have to hold down the square button after your reaver is charged and let it go so you can activate the ability. Never did it tell you that. Uh, it does. No, it does tell you that. Oh, but, I, but I think I think it came up like in the middle of battle. So it's like you had to be like really quick to see it. And then I don't I don't think that there's any like, you know, the tooltips don't show up elsewhere, you know, where you can just look at them later. So, yeah, that that's an issue. Yeah, that, sure. that got me for a while. I had to watch a video to see what he did. And I saw all oh, he held on the button like it was it took me a while. I was like, I was like, what the hell are we supposed to do? Yeah, it, it stuff like that that I could have done without because that bothered me. <laughs> the actual like the using the spells to like solve puzzles or not knowing like the control mechanic for it not knowing the controls okay yeah yeah i, I definitely agree like like it should have been a thing where when you need to do it for the first time to solve a puzzle like it reminds you hey you know charge up your reaver and then you yeah. know hold down the, the square button and let it go to cast the spell because um, i that, just put the control menu in the menu like i went i went and looked at the control menu it's not there yeah, <laughs> that got me a little annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I, I mean, but again, it, it makes sense when you say, "Well, they would expect you just to go look at the freaking you know instruction book." I just don't have that because, well, my version didn't come with one. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had mine, and I was like, I should probably read this. But then I was like, Nah, you know what? The, so, the like these games are pretty good about the tutorials. I should be fine, and I was. Um, but I'm sure there was some stuff in there that I, you know, would have found out quicker if I had. You know, read the instruction manual. It is confusing. I mean, the world is pretty gigantic and kind of interesting how you're jumping through these different areas. And, like, the whole point is, like, Raziel, I think, is, what, 500 years in the future of Kane? Yeah. That is, is also cool. interesting because you go through some of the same places, but it's been so many years that things are different. And I know with Kane, you go to a lot of the same, like, how the hell they call the place where you get the Reavers. The Forges. Forges. Yeah, you go to them and... You'll see him as he was like, oh, I already got that. And you'll see it with Kane. It's, it's just so interesting, too, because some of the stuff that Kane does, I think, will affect what Raziel does if he goes back there later. Like, there's some very interesting parts that they're jumping through time. And they're both being manipulated, one by Morpheus, which is the, the time guy from the first game, and the and Raziel being, you know, manipulated by the Elder God. Yeah. Even yeah. though he's like, I'm no longer doing what you want, but he still is. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it was really cool the way that, like, you know, they set off as adversaries in Soul Reaver. And so you think that, you know, this is going to be the game where they settle it, right? Like, either Raziel's going to kill Kane or Kane's going to kill Raziel. Because, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting that you're playing as both characters. But then you start to realize, oh, these guys are actually really parallel to each other. And they're kind of on this on this collision course. And I thought that stuff was really cool. Like, it it, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, if if you had, like a, like, a DC versus Marvel comic book crossover where <laughs> it ends up being, like, well, it... You know, like Lex Luthor and, you know, I don't know, like Obadiah Stane. That, that's actually a really bad reference. But, you know, it's like it's like the bad guy from like each each realm teaming up to like take on like the combined good guys. But the good guys don't know it at first. That's 100 percent what's going on in Legacy of Kane Defiance. OK, yeah, that that's a good way to put it, though. I wouldn't have thought it that way. But, yeah, you are right, because the Elder God is manipulating Everybody, he's manipulating Morpheus too, but mm-hmm. and no one's really aware of it. You're not even aware of it until the game progresses. Yeah, you don't find out that the Elder God is really the the you know the one moving all the well, moving all the chess pieces until like the very the last scene of the game. Yeah, yeah, like there are definitely hints of it towards the end of Soul Reaver too. And again, you know, I, I really like the way that they were able to like tie those threads together and and really bring it to a conclusion. Yeah, it, like there's there's the you know in the moment 
playing it, I think because I was, you know, I had I was on a time crunch. Like I was getting super frustrated because of like the camera and stuff like that. But overall, like I'm really happy with this game and like, you know, not to get like not to get to the closing stuff, but it's like I think this is the one that's like the most playable of the series like today. Like I, I this is the one that would probably tell someone, you know, if they wanted to try the series, like, yeah, just play this one. Like it, you're going to get you know, you won't you won't get like the finer points of the story. But you get a really good sampling of like what both of the characters are and the world. And also it's just like the most fun to play. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was like the combat. Like we said before, is really fun. The way also one thing interesting about the game is that for both the characters, Rosie and Ken, they both have a way to heal themselves in battle. So as you beat down the enemies you're fighting, they'll, they'll crouch on the ground as they're dying. And you can either suck out their soul or just suck out their blood. You don't have and you can just do it while you're moving around. You can just hold down mm-hmm. R one. And so they'll start, they'll just take care of what they need to do. And the game won't really pause and blow them into, oh, we better stand here while he drinks for a minute. Yeah. There's none of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought about you because I was wondering if you would complain about Raziel's close-up Soul Steel animation taking too long. Um, it wasn't too bad. Like when you would grab the guy and punch him, like throw him to the ground and it wasn't bad. Yeah. It, it, and I, I think they probably realized that like the, the blood sucking animation of Blood Omen 2 was a little too long. So they definitely sped it up. I with Kane, I got to the point where I was like, well, I don't I it takes too long to grab them. So I would actually like when they were in stagger mode, I would get a few paces away from them because also I just I just really love the, you know, <laughs> drain the blood from across the room thing that this series has. Like this might actually be my favorite bit of vampire lore, like of any like vampire media that I've consumed. Legacy of Kane might be my favorite. I think it's like one of the most unique takes on it. Hmm. OK. Like the fact, you know, the fact that like the vampires were these like etheric godlike creatures and then they were cast down by their enemies. The only reason that they became what they were is be- is because they decided to mingle their blood with humans. And it basically just kind of slowly like eroded, you know, their godhood over, you know, eons. I think that's really cool. Didn't um, they worship the same God, the elder God, too, without knowing it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That was interesting, too, how it brings all that together, because in Soul River, you have the Elder God that saves, in quotations, Raziel when he's thrown the Oblivion, when he's really just using Raziel to be his, his, his tool. Yeah. But he tricks him. And I love the whole, like, you know, you, Raziel's still angry about Cain having him thrown into a pit to die for, you know, a million years. Like, he hasn't forgiven him. For right. <laughs> but again, it's something that's not really mentioned a whole lot in this game, unless you, I mean, here and there, but if you didn't play the other one, you wouldn't really have caught the references they make. Yeah. And like, you threw me in oblivion or something, whatever the hell he says. And you would also like it, it would it would be hard to uh, like understand like they're that they both have the soul reaver. It's just, you know, Raziel has basically like the soul of the of the weapon and Kane has the, the body. Let me ask you this, because a lot of a lot of the reveal of the story through through each chapter is Kane and Raziel seeing these murals from the from like vampire history and there's you know the vampire savior and the vampire adversary right yeah so the vampire like and and here's the thing is that like the vampire savior looks like the like the original vampire so it's blue with these you you know beautiful like feathered wings and it's holding the soul reaver and then the adversary looks like Kane to me and is holding like a flaming sword but then Raziel would say like, well, why do I look like the adversary? And I was like, I was confused for like a good part of the game because to me, it's like, no, Raziel, you look like the savior. And so then like, I don't know, like it was just very strange to me because it seemed like they were like very much, you know, 
Maybe it was maybe it was, you're supposed to be confused on that on purpose because they were, you were supposed to assume that Kane was the adversary. I don't know what what did you think? That's about what that? I thought too. I I had thought Rozzy when he was just that Raziel, He just he was the blue one. Yeah, because he is blue. <laughs> right. I was but thinking he the same seem thing. To think that. Yeah. And Kane is also the one that ruined everything. Which again, that was that was a one scene in a game that really pays off for someone that's played through this entire series, where you actually are Kane is there. When younger Kane ends up making the choice to destroy the pillars, I mean he's far away, but he sees the pillars being destroyed, and he's like, "This is where I shape destiny." Yeah, that was so cool. I I think that there was a huge missed opportunity to not have Raziel interact with Kane from from Blood Omen One yeah. era. I thought that would have been awesome. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, because <laughs> like, that's what affects the entire world. And seeing the seeing the pillars normal too, because you're jumping through time, that was really cool too. Yeah, yeah, they, before they were destroyed. They did. Yeah, they did some great stuff, you know, um, and, and the, the cool stuff also is like you revisit certain areas from Blood Omen, like Avernus Cathedral is like one of the last big levels of Blood Omen one. And I was like, oh, man, like before, like before the level started, I was like, wait, they were saying that there's like a bunch of chaos going on. Is Kane currently like running amok in Avernus? Or, or am I, I going to see like Blood <laughs> Omen one Kane, like just like wreaking havoc in here? Because that would be amazing. That would have been. Oh, did you, did you, I wonder if you got this, I, not only is an Easter egg, this was this me, when I, when I first got the cathedral, this is way late in the game, I was being slow at killing one of the monks, and all of a sudden one of the monks in the background, seeing some kind of chant and fires mm-hmm. happening, and I didn't kill him, I left him alone because I was killing other monks, he summoned a demon. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that happens quite a bit, <laughs> like, to the point where I was like, okay, when there were like more than one of them, it's like, I need to kill at least one of you right away because I don't want to be facing multiple demons at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he was taught, he was chanting for a while. I just didn't think, he, like, oh, he's going to cast a fire spell. Okay, who cares? Yeah. And those are the same demons from Blood Omen 1. Yeah. Well, and, and they're also in Soul Reaver 2. So, yeah, there, there's some good consistency there. I don't remember Soul Reaver 2, unfortunately, very well because I didn't actually play it because it wouldn't work. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Oh, right, right. So in Soul Reaver 2, that demon and also those those other ones that you see later on in Defiance that have like kind of they almost have like they're like kind of purplish and have like kind of electricity. Oh, yeah. OK. They were in Soul Reaver 2, right? Also. Yes. And the thing about them is that and I don't know if the, if you if this happens to you um, on Defiance, but when you're playing Soul Reaver 2, when you get killed by them you're like well i'm just gonna shift to the spectral realm and i'll, I'll just go back but they they also shift to the spectral realm so <laughs> you're like doubly fucked and so then they can actually kill you if they do enough damage to you in the spectral realm okay, um, that didn't happen to me because i yeah was cheating too so i yeah, actually well, put infinite health in at one point in this game i got so irritated <laughs> it wasn't it just i was getting tired of running around being lost and then spending time on combat too so i'm like there's actually button codes in the game for cheats for infinite health and things yeah so I just did I just did whatever that was and just I just had infinite health and said, OK, we're good to go. Most of the times that I died was actually not from combat, but from missed jump that and again, camera like mm-hmm. it, it almost seemed like any time that you had to do like a jumping puzzle, the camera was situated in the worst place to to do said puzzle. Um, and then later on, like towards the end of the game, they're like timing based jump puzzles. And it's like, you guys got to give me a little more time than this because this sucks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, there, there's one where you have to literally, like, go in the spectral realm to do the puzzle because otherwise you don't have enough time. And I wouldn't have figured that out because I think, oh, it's got to go faster. I got to go faster. Mm-hmm. You literally have to switch it off or it won't work. Yeah. And, I mean, I did find it enjoyable how each reaver has, like, a different ability. And throughout the game, you have to switch reavers because one reaver will let you climb up waterfalls. One will let you 
extinguish fires. One will let you light fires. One will let you stab the ground and make platforms and make wind tunnels. Like that was cool. Once I knew what to do. That was, I wish that they were, that they had more uh, differences in combat. Like they each have their own reaver spell, which there's not, there's not a lot of them that are useful. Kane has one that slows down time, which is super useful. Oh, I never Um, use that. I just did the lightning one as Kane. Um, the time one is really good because it like they go super slow and you can just like wreck house on them, uh, which is really neat. Like for Raziel, like I, they didn't work the way that I think they were supposed to. And I don't know if this is a glitch or not, but like he has one with the water reaver where he actually freezes the enemies. But I think, I think it just puts them into stasis. And if you're hitting them, you're not actually damaging them. It just kind of like lets you, I guess, control the space a little bit you know, to kind of like get a breather. And then the same thing with like the fire reaver, it sets them all on fucking fire and they start <laughs> running around, but it doesn't seem to be doing damage to them while they're running around. So it just makes them harder to hit because they're just like, ah, ah, ah. And <laughs> you're just like, come back here so I can slay you. I mean, you had the tele, the telekinetic ability in this game, which I didn't use a lot in combat because it didn't seem oh, really? useful. Oh, Except for dude. little guys, little guys. It was good. Oh, dude, like I was I forgot to say that when we talked about combat at the beginning, like I fucking loved the the telekinesis in this game. Like there's parts where you can like throw people, especially with Kane, you can throw them off Mm -hmm. like battlements and stuff. And and the scream is so satisfying. (laughs) And the only thing, again, going back to like Raziel being weaker, I didn't like the fact that he didn't have the the telekinesis pull that Kane does, because I really loved just like flinging fools around like I'm going to throw you against a wall. I'm going to throw you against this spike. Like you have less control with Raziel. Like if you want to like throw somebody onto a spike or a, or a torch to kill them, you have to air juggle them and then jump up in the air and then do the TK push. And hopefully they're lined up enough to where it'll, it'll connect. But it, it was a lot more fun with Kane. <laughs> I'm just grateful that I didn't have to throw every enemy I fought on a spike or into fire to kill them. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. It's there. I wish that like it was, I wish that it was a little stickier, like maybe, you know, it was like a homing thing where if you get relatively close with a TK push, it just automatically counts because I couldn't do it on purpose very often. And I really wanted to. That, would, that feels more like something that would if this game got remade or something, you know, more quality life that we're used to now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's the thing is, like, I, I think it's so ambitious, like this game and then also PsyOps, the Mindgate conspiracy, which is like one <laughs> of my favorite, like. B tier like PS2 games, super ambitious. Like there's there's no way that you should have been messing with physics in that way on the PlayStation 2. But it's really cool that they tried. <laughs> I know of it. It's always been on my list to play someday. It's a cool little game. Uh, it again, it's not going to blow your mind, Gate Conspiracy. But but <laughs> it's it's a it's a real like that is like the epitome of like B tier game to me, where it's like this this isn't all the way there. But man, I wish there was a sequel because there are some really cool ideas in here. And um, yeah, it, 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 again, just very ambitious for the platform. And most of the bosses in this game are also pretty simple. Like they're most of the, I mean, there's only a couple of real, real boss fights. The one that felt like boss fights, I mean, it's like the gargoyles that they, they, they like to throw at you all the time. <laughs> oh, you like the statues? Yeah, you fight a lot of freaking statues in this game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't c- count them as boss fights. Or mini uh, bosses, maybe. I think they're just like tougher enemies, but yeah, okay. I, I didn't like how many they threw at you. Like, especially when it would be like, there were certain parts in the, in the, in the soul forges where it was like, okay, every time that I go into a room, it locks. And now I have to fight like two or three of these guys. And, but 
my, my workaround for a lot of them was if you line them up properly, they'll hit each other. And they do yep. a lot of damage if they hit each other. So, like, it, you can knock them out pretty quick if you can, you know, swing that pretty well. But I would say, so, like, Raziel fights some bosses um, in the Spectral Realm to get some of the Reavers. Yeah, there's, like, um, what? There's, like, eight of them, maybe. You fight all together. I think so, yeah. Um, they're, I, not I, they're not terrible. They're not terrible. I don't, I don't like, especially the first two, like their life bars were almost like invisible on the background because they were like, I think like blue and I think the other one was like light blue or something. It's like, that's literally the, the, the color scheme of the spectral realm. So I was like, I can't even see if I'm doing damage to these guys. <laughs> but then, but I like that they at least threw in one Soul Reaver one style boss because you do finally get to kill the last vampire lieutenant. Toriel? Yeah, Terrell, and that, and that one is like a, it, you know, it's a puzzle boss. And I, and I really liked cool. that, because I, I was like, man, why are why are the bosses, like, crappy here? <laughs> but but that, that one that one was cool. That's how he stuck with me, because in the first, in Soul Reaver, you fight everyone but him. And then he yeah. wasn't in Soul Reaver 2 either, and it isn't until this game he finally kills the last brother that he missed. Yeah, and again, really cool that they remembered, like, I wouldn't have, like, if we didn't do that, I would not have been like, man, I feel really gypped that we didn't kill that last lieutenant because I didn't remember. But when I, I saw him, him, I was like, I was like, oh, shit, this is really cool. <laughs> I like the way you find him. You, you jump into a pit and then all of a sudden, like, you know, all these people are chanting, sacrificing something. And then you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you find out it's him. Yeah. He's like, I recognize that smell. It was that was a cool scene. Like, the boss fight, I had to look up a guy because I was doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, my, my, like, I knew, like, the basics of what I needed to do, but I didn't realize that you could, like, use your telekine- telekinesis to hit them from afar. Because my problem is that I wasn't getting close enough to him to actually hit him before he got back up. And I don't know if I would have figured that out on my own. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, because I literally would jump up, hit the gong, the one, whatever one was glowing, and then go run and hit him. Yeah. And, and, and unless un- unless like you just happen to be like positioned correctly, you're probably only going to get one hit that way. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> it's it it took a lot. Yeah, I was using save states, of course. I was able to like kind of like, okay, I know where he's going to be at. And I know where it's going to be at. So I'll just position myself in the right area. But yeah, it's not it's not easy. Yeah. Last boss, I had some trouble with too, just from from a pure like dodging like standpoint. I had a really rough time. Like I like the first I think I've had to fight him like six times and like those first five or no, sorry, the first three was like I was I just seemed to be getting hit by every single thing that he would do, like every tentacle swipe, every fireball. And I was like, man, I, I don't know what to do. Like I, I, I almost gave up. I was like, I, this is impossible. And then eventually I made it through. But and there's no health. up. There's no like health container because like, throughout this game and some of the boss, fight, they'll give you little health containers that you can find in the room mm-hmm. and drain a pool of blood so you can stay alive and keep going. Yeah. And they didn't do it for the final boss. Yeah. I mean, the areas do vary a lot, kind of like except the pro- my problem is you're at the cathedral as, as Kane for a long fucking time. And the guy that I was using from GameFAQs, it wouldn't, it would, it would pick up each chapter after you already got to the new area. Well, I don't know where the fucking new area is when I would start, because <laughs> you would start back wherever you ended. And like, yeah. Okay, now you gotta, and I would be reading the guy. I'm like, well, none of this is happening right now because the guy was expecting me to get where I needed to go, and then it would continue there. And I'm like, I, so that's why I had to watch a video of somebody playing it scene by scene because I got lost so many times. And and as the game opens up and you get farther. You have access to giant areas. You have one area you have to go to, but you have access to the whole place. Oh, I, I'll do you one better. I, I screwed myself over in a major way 
where once you get the final balance emblem for Kane, you know, the, the tool, like, like the, the next thing that it tells you to do is yeah. go unlock the balance door, you know, and I, or go unlock the, the, the completed emblem door using the balance thing. And I was like, okay. And I was like, right. Cause there was, there was that door way back at Seraphim keep. Oh. And I, and I was like, man, like, why didn't they just like do a cutscene where he goes back? So I went all the way back to the beginning of the game. Cause they let you oh. do that. Yeah. You can just go do. to the, you can go to the bat, you know, travel sites and just go back. And I went, I went back through the entire game and I was like going through the Seraphan level and I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I finally, I looked at a, at a, you know, I looked at the guy and I was like, oh, fuck me. And so then I had to go all the way back to the vampire cathedral. Yeah. I lost like a good, like 90 minutes there, <laughs> but that, you know, part of that's on me, but again, you know, it w- would have been, you know, it, it's a thing where it's like, would you. Because I did pass by that door. So it's like, maybe do the little, like, cutscene thing where it's, like, showing the door. Yeah. Because I mean, now you have the thing to open the door. Because I thought I'd already opened that door. <laughs> it's because the game is long and you forget what you've done. I mean, I wouldn't really say, like, yes, you should. You can say you know. But that's something that, even in 2003, Devil May Cry 2 came out in 2003. Other games that came out that would have give you some kind of recognition. This wasn't like they didn't know. They they could have They could have put it in there, I think. Something. Yeah, but I, I I do think that like it was that was still a new thing because I'm think so I think the game on the PS2 at least that I've played that does it the best is is the first God of War well both God of War games like they did a fantastic job of like you go into a room and like even though it's also fixed camera angles they're like hey here this is what you need to be paying attention to and they do it in like a very like elegant way but again that's 2006 you know like like the xbox 360 was out by the time god of war came out so if we just um, would have had a map yes map would have been super helpful <laughs> i mean that that if you had some kind of map said okay and just labeled certain areas when they say go here you had some information because once i found out that you could jump around the world with the bat points Mm-hmm. I was done using the guy because I'm like, I cannot play a game where I can completely go because com- I would do it a couple times. I'd go completely wrong areas, look at the guy yep. and be like, oh, what are you doing over here? Just go here. Like, what kind of what you did? And I'm like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're watching YouTube. Yeah, because and also the guy that I was using, the English wasn't like it wasn't written very well. And <laughs> and also, again, it would assume like, oh, yeah, just go back to this room. And it's like, what room is that? Like, where is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the levels, besides the cathedral, I felt were kind of straightforward, mm-hmm. except for Vorador's Mansion. Yeah, it's Vorador's Mansion twice. and the cathedral that, that are, like, the the rough ones. And I did have some trouble with some of the um, Soul Forges with Raziel. Me too. But they're not as, like, they're smaller, so they're much less complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, in Vorador's Mansion, like, you're kind of comparing it to the Water Temple, but I want to... It, it has three different spears you have to get to unlock a door. But yeah. in order to get these three spears, you have to get other items throughout the place. I literally somehow skipped one of the spears, grabbed a different spear, hit a different part, grabbed one of these two items, but not not an item I need to open a door. So like when I was watching the guide, I'm like, I did what he did. Why isn't it working? I literally mm-hmm. had to go back, watch the entire guide from the earlier part, run through an entire level to find one do- wall I forgot to break that I didn't know I could break to find yeah. to find an item that I needed to open another door to go through a wall. It was like I was like, wow, this is bullshit. And again, like. Uh, that was a situation where the camera was not situated in a way where I noticed that it was a breakable wall. And that, like, like I said, like every time that I got stuck on this game, it was camera related. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the designs are, are great. The enemies were fine. Like even as in combat, you get, you earn some kind of experience, something you learn new abilities for Kane Mm -hmm. and Raziel throughout the game. So it kind of gives you a reason to combat, but I got to a really, point where I'm just like, I'm running really by cool everybody. Abilities, though. Yeah. It's some, like, especially like, you know, 
in our, you know, four of Vordor's mansion. Yeah, I'm just I'm just running by dudes until I until it forces me to fight them. Until um, it comes up. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I you know, I loved like that that flurry attack. Again, I mean it's it's straight up from Devil May Cry. It's it's the stinger from Devil May Cry, but I don't care. It's really cool. And the animations were really good. I love um the way Raziel rolls and then does it. He he does like a little like almost like a fencing style like repost jab thing and then Kane just like you know Kane is Kane, so he's just like hacking away at a dude really fast. Like, um, even their personalities are kind of exemplified in their combat styles. I, they did some good stuff in this game. Kane also had a good X attack where if you hit X, he could go, he could turn into Mist to dodge really good. Yes, Raziel yeah, his could dodge roll, is way but... better than Raziel's roll. Yeah. Oh yeah, that 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 is no, there's no, there's that's no Dark Souls iframe roll. That I, I heard a lot <laughs> right. of that roll. <laughs> but I mean, I did enjoy the con. I mean, I enjoyed the game a lot. Like I was. As much as, like, I don't really remember all the story connecting beats from the old previous game because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. I do know, like, one thing interesting that, that kept about the series with Raziel is he kept all his abilities he got from the first Soul Reaver. That's yes. also so cool. When you finally kill the last lieutenant, he finally got the last ability he would never got from Soul Reaver because like, the game got cut short because they were running out of time or something. Yeah. I, w- like, I wish that it had been, like, something more substantial than, oh, your telekinesis is more powerful. And it's like, yeah. oh, man, come on. Like, but I understand, you know, it's like... It, Towards the end of the game, I, I started to feel the same way that I did on, like, Soul Reaver 2 and Blood Omen 2, where it's like, okay, you guys were running out of time and resources, weren't you? Like, yeah. you, you can you can feel it. Like, it's like, okay, we, we got to wrap this up quick, because otherwise it's not going to happen. <laughs> you had a lot of, you could tell Crunch was coming. Yeah. You know, in that sense, like, they were just, like, you need to ship this game now. Yeah. This one, not as much as some of the others. I think Blood Omen 2 or maybe Soul Reaver 2 is much more obvious, but... You can feel it in here, too, with how much they reuse things. Like, when you went to Vorder Mansion the second time, I was very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was me like, too. I don't want to go back. Don't make me go back. And then you, you end up running into Janice, who was in Soul Reaver 2, which is the first vampire. That was cool, seeing him yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And then you get to fight him, too, which is also cool. You fight, Yeah, you fight him in a way, because at that point, he's possessed by the, the Hilden guy from Blood Open 2. But yeah, which like... was cool. Yeah. I, I Again, like, it, it, there's a lot of stuff in this game that pays off in in really satisfying ways and then you know you do we didn't talk about it but because we've kind of been over you know back and forth around story beats but like you know one of one of one of the big things is that you know kane and raziel you know are understanding that like it's it's coming down to them right like one of them is the adversary one of them is the savior of the vampire race and they like they're not sure which is which but they know it's them right and so (laughs) you know that it's coming down to a fight and it may not be the most fun fight to do, but you do get to fight Raziel as Kane and then fight Kane as Raziel, which I thought was a really neat, you know, part of storytelling was that, oh, not only are we going to have the throwdown, but you get to do it from both sides. That was, that's got to be one of those gaming moments that was just a, up there with one of my favorites ever. Like, I was not expecting it. All of a sudden, here you are, you're playing, like you said, you're playing Raziel, you fight Kane, like, okay, I beat Kane. And then Kane goes and fights Raziel, and you're controlling Kane, and you kill Raziel. He sucks him into the blade. Uh, well, no, but no, no, you, you got you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, Raziel, wait, Raziel kills, kills Kane. Kane. Yeah, and takes his heart because you find out yes. Kane actually has Janos Audrin's heart, and you know, so then Raziel needs that to resurrect Janos Audrin, and you think, oh, Kane's done. And I that I actually thought that I was thought like, too. oh, interesting. Like, and then I was like, you know, this makes sense because. Kane as a character was created by Silicon Knights, so it makes sense to me the Crystal Dynamics would be like, no, the, the future of the series is Raziel because that's our creation. But then, you know, it actually ends up being the other way around later on where Raziel realizes, oh, I, I am the sword. 
like that that is my purpose and it's not an, it's not, I'm not supposed to be imprisoned I'm supposed to become the sword to become you know so that we are the combined like savior I mean, how many I, games can say that you get to play as the the protagonist and kill the antagonist and then play as the antagonist and kill the protagonist yeah <laughs> I don't <laughs> think any other one can um, I I do I was wishing that for the last level like for the last boss that Kane transformed like a la like the devil trigger and devil may cry or the Onimusha thing, because you see a mural of the true, you know, savior of the vampire race. And it looks like Kane, but he has the blue skin and then, and the wings. And I was like, Oh man, are they going to merge? Like, is this going to be like a dragon ball Z style fusion? Cause <laughs> I am all for that. And it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, you get a different type of thing, but that, I, that was such a cool moment. I love fighting them as each yeah. other. And I, I couldn't believe it when Raziel killed Kane. I'm like, what? Yeah. I it it me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, it, it did too. And then I'm like, okay, he's done. And then you go and you kill Jan- Janice because you have the heart. And then you end up, and then you end up playing as Kane again. I'm like, what? Kane's dead. And all of a sudden, like, you're in hell or something as Kane. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I love, oh, like one of the best, like, comeuppances in any video game is uh, Mobius, like, talking to the Elder God saying, Kane, you know, Kane is out of the picture. He's dead. And then Kane is literally behind him saying, Oh, you're a little premature on that. And he just shouts <laughs> a brick. <laughs> that was great. Like, that, that was one of the. And he just stabs him. He finally kills him after all this time. He finally got him. He finally got him. Yeah. That was really good. I think the voice actor for Mobius in this game is different than the previous ones, which is kind of a bummer. And then, like, they changed Mortanius's design so much that when they showed him, I was like, so one of the things that I will say about this series that that I think is, is a detriment is that, well, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So you get to see the same characters in each game, which is kind of cool. You know, like, Vorador is in this game. Like, every all the major players are in you know, most of the games in some form or fashion, but that also makes the world feel smaller because you're not really meeting new people. And so when they showed, you know, this, like the, this, like flock lead, this, this congregation leader in Avernus cathedral, I was like, Oh, cool. Like we're finally getting a new character, but then it turned out, no, it's just Mortanius. He looks completely different than blood omen one. And then also because Tony J who voices the elder God was the voice of Mortanius in blood omen one. So it's also a different voice. And I, <laughs> so I was completely confused and I was like, Oh, okay. That's just Mortanius. Mortanius right. is the guy who ended up tricking Kane to becoming a vampire, right? Yes. In hell. Yeah. He's a necromancer and he's the final boss of blood omen one. I thought Morpheus was the final boss in blood omen one. Nope. No, it's, it's Mortanius. It, it gets confusing because they're, you know, they're both like M starting, you know, fantasy names. Well. <laughs> Blood Omen 1 was 100 episodes ago. and That too. I don't... I didn't like Blood Omen 1. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I've played Blood Omen 1 a lot. So, like, I like I remember that story pretty well. I think when we when we did it for the podcast, I had just kind of forgotten the time stuff. I had forgotten that, like, Kane basically goes back in time and kind of is responsible for the vampire purge. <laughs> he fucks a lot of things up. He does. <laughs> and that was also interesting, like, and you play as Rossi Hill, because you're 500 years in the future, all the vampires are dead pretty much. Mm-hmm. Is Soul Reaver also 500 years later, or is that or is this was Soul Reaver farther ahead? I can't remember. Soul Reaver is farther ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, because so I think I think where Defiance is taking place, that's like that's a, that's around the time of Blood Omen one, right? Yeah. So he's he's around the time of Blood Omen one, and so the reason the vampires are almost dead is because you know it was basically just Vorador and Kane. So Kane is really responsible for rebuilding the vampire 
race. And so Soul Reaver is like way, way, way. I think it's like a thousand years. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it's it's a long time. And at that point, the world is almost all vampires. <laughs> okay, the Soul Reaver 2 is the one that takes that messes with time because you have yeah. Soul Reaver 1's ending. Okay. Yeah, because you're going you're going all over the time stream on Soul Reaver 2. You're going back and forth and back and forth. It's a weird ass series, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, it, I I love timey wimey stuff, but you know, you can write yourself into a corner very easily. <laughs> yeah. I like t- I like stuff with time travel. This game makes l- I'm a little confused. It doesn't help that I haven't played the you know I, the series is just confusing to me at this point. Yeah, yeah, I it is, and you know, and also like it it doesn't hold your hand. Like they, you know, uh, you, you know the the previous crew we had talked about like the the Shakespearean style prose in these games, which I love, but you know it, that doesn't that doesn't make it any like less confusing. You know, because not only are there these big flowery words, but they're also talking about like different time streams and, you know, paradoxes and, you know, alternate realities and stuff. And it, it, it's a lot. Very odd, but it, it's still cool. And then like the whole ending part after Kane kills Morpheus and he ends up running into Raziel because Raziel got killed at some point. Now the elder God took him back and he sees Raziel again after killing him by Kane, after Kane killed Raziel. And then I think doesn't he suck him into the sword at this point? Yes, because that that's actually the part. But yeah, because because Raziel in, inhabits Mobius's body, you know, to tell Kane, "Hey, you've got you know you've got to take me into the sword." Okay. Um, and that's one thing that I that I liked about this game is that um, Raziel finds a new way to enter the spectral realm, and he literally just inhabits like corpses, and then <laughs> he can he can he's able to like reform his his you know body from them. But so that was. I want to say in Soul Reaver 1 and 2, he's using the Elder God, giving him the ability to do it at certain portals, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, there's, like the Elder God has these portals opened up, and all Raziel has to do is absorb enough souls to get to full health, and then he can, like, rematerialize. Basically, like they say, like, he needs enough soul energy to do it. And here it's like, no, he just needs a body. <laughs> I like that, because in this, the whole thing is he's not working with the Elder God anymore, because he kind of betrayed him by leaving him. Yeah. And the whole ending, when Cain does absorb him, and all of a sudden Cain just sees the Elder God there, and he's like... And I think Raziel tells him, you're, he's the one that's been manipulating everybody this entire time. This yeah. is your this is your real enemy, if I'm remembering is, correctly. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I, you know, it's cool because, like, there is this line that that Ariel says in, like, her first cut scene in Blood Omen. Beware the unspoken. And I just, you know, I just always remember that line because, again, I played that game so many times. But I never <laughs> thought it really meant anything. But, no, it actually was pretty important because the, the unspoken is this, like, unknowable evil that you know this like cthulhu god that's been like pulling the strings all this time <laughs> that everybody worships yeah because <laughs> don't the highlands worship worship him too i think so yeah so it, it's it's he's ubiquitous like he's 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 omnipresent and yeah has really been the orchestrator of everything and, and i love the fact that when kane kills him well i don't know if he kills him just beats him back he's like you know i am i am literally life and death like you you know this isn't the end you know, it's just like, oh, it's so good. Like, because it does leave it open for more, but <laughs> yeah. I do feel like it wraps up everything, you know, everything in a pretty satisfying way where, you know, I'm sad that there's no more Legacy of Kane games, but at least it didn't, at least it wasn't a Soul Reaver 2 cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Soul Reaver 2 or Soul Reaver? Soul Reaver 1 has a cliffhanger. Both of them. <laughs> oh, God, I don't remember 2 at all. And we did 2 not that long ago, I feel like. Yeah, because Soul, Soul Reaver 2 is the one where literally, like, yeah, like Raziel gets, you know, 
struck by the blade and then dematerializes and they're just like, oh, we just fucked up, didn't we? And then scene, like credits. <laughs> okay. The Elder God is an interesting boss fight. I, I can see why you had trouble with it. I had infinite health at this point because I just got tired of dealing with the game. Mm-hmm. But he shoots orbs at you and you have to cut off the tentacles and then you the orbs kind of like home at you too if you're not doing it right. Yeah, you got to be oh. like what I found that I had to do because in this game, it's it's a little weird that you can go in and out of combat stance. And I thought that was dumb at first, but then I realized that it's actually pretty useful because there's parts where you want to be outside of combat stance so that you have more mobility. So I would be like outside of combat stance to like dodge the the sweeping attacks of the tentacles, but then into combat stance to do the dodge when the tentacle would do its like whip crack move from above. And then you need to be in combat stance to dodge the, the fireballs. So it ended up like once I figured out that flow, it, it was fine. But it took me a while to figure out, oh, there's there's times when you really don't want to be, you know, don't want to have your sword out, even though, though you're in a in a fight, basically. Yeah, because you need to move, you need to run. Yeah. I thought the enemy variation was decent in this game, too, though. It wasn't yeah. too, it wasn't like this. I mean, they're close to the same thing, but it wasn't as bad as some game get that I played. Yeah, I, I would have liked more, but then at the same time, like, they kind of brought, like, all of the enemies from, like, the series as a whole, pretty much, and introduced, I think, I mean, there's these weird people that Kane fight where they, they, they look like part animal. I don't, I think they were supposed to be, like, tribal people or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about They now. were new, yeah. Um, they were fun. Yeah, they were, they were pretty interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I dug that, and, um, you know, the fact that they did bring back, you know, like, the demons from... Blood Omen 1 slash Soul Reaver 2. Like, there, there's, you know, again, really good consistency here is, you know, for a very disparate series. And I guess in the ending, because I... So Kane ends up sacrificing Raziel to the Blood Reaver, making it the original Soul Reaver. Mm-hmm. And he has two versions of the Soul Reaver. I'm just reading it right now. And then he ends up... I'll just give saying, you know, if he's the Elder God, then he he buries it under rubble in the collapsing Reaver Forge. Okay. Oh. That's what it says in here, at least, in the Wikipedia. Oh, is there, is there an, mm, that wasn't in the ending, like, oh. unless there's <laughs> like an after credit happened, scene. Yeah, like, because, because the ending cinematic is just like Kane looking over the destroyed pillars and like he kind of, you know, monologues and, and, ta- and he, he holds the reaver and talks about how, oh, it's actually a really great line where he says, Raziel gave me like the greatest gift beyond, you know, the reaver hope because, and you get the sense that like, you know, Kane is going to set out to right the wrong of him, you know, destroying the world, basically, which is well, it, it's an interesting way to end it. Simon Templeman being awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. His like, voice is Kane is still so good. It's so good. I, I, and I watched um, when you beat the game, you get to unlock like some bonus content and they had like behind the scenes stuff and they had more of the voice recording sessions. So I, I read or I watched the one where it was like when Kane and Raziel meet for the first time in the game. And it's like just watching those two guys in the same room together, like just doing the scene as if it was a play. Like, <laughs> again, it's just so cool because that's not the way that video game voice acting is done. Most of the time. Uh, well, I, unless now I think with motion capture, they tend to like act out the entire scene, like physically and, you know, auto like with, okay. with their words, I think, but like, you know, back in 2003, that wasn't done. So it's it's just so fascinating to watch them work. And it's like, they're not, you know, because I, I always think with voice acting, it's like, oh, I messed that up. Let me do it again. Oh, I messed that up. Let me do it again. It's like, no, nah, they're just straight up doing this scene, like beginning to end, you know, one take. And it's like, man, these guys are great. <laughs> they're both actors. I mean, besides his voice actors, too. So, yeah. Well, I think Michael Bell, 
he's mostly a voice actor. Okay. I think he's done some TV, like, in front of the camera, but Simon Templeman is a theater actor. Yeah. You know, he's, he's from the stage, and, because uh, he did, we were talking about this on uh, Nerds Without Pants recently, because we have a segment called Video Game Cage Match, and recently we had um, someone book Devil May Cry 2 versus Blood Omen 2 in a battle of mediocre sequels, and my whole my whole argument for Blood Omen 2 winning was Simon fucking Templeman. <laughs> I was like, he wins just based on the gravitas of his performance. <laughs> uh, Devil May Cry 2 is a better game. <laughs> I like Devil May Cry 2. I'm a big defender of that game. Really? I actually did, yeah. I played it once on PS4, the HD collection, about a year before this podcast, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. The game where you just, like, shoot enemies off the screen. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, hey, it was easy. Actually, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense coming from you. Okay, yep. yeah. <laughs> I like easy games. If I can just blow through something, I have fun. I don't need to be challenged. I don't need to be like, oh, I'm going to die. I just want to enjoy killing things and get that dorf- dopamine hit. Yeah, I, all I remember of Devil May Cry 2 is shooting things that I couldn't see and the game being very gray. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember any. And also the fact that I was surprised that Dante didn't seem like Dante. Like, he, you know, he just didn't have the wise cracking stuff that he did He's in the also- first game. He's very, very fast, and I like games, and I'm a very, very fast character. Mm, and he, yeah. his controls are much better than one, where one, he's more, because his tank controls kind of, but in two, he, he's completely movable, and that's I think, what I like, too, about that game. Yeah. That's, well, I'm going to cover it someday. It hasn't happened yet, but it's been talked about. Oh, yeah, that, that one definitely, like, that whole series should definitely be uh-huh. taken and on. Well, hopefully, we'll finish. I mean, hey, we're finally wrapping up this series, so I'm... I'm yeah. <laughs> that. I don't know. I don't know if... Do, do we have much more that we want to delve on this one because i do have a like an important question about ending this series on games my mom found no i don't think anything, I, I do have questions comments and memories to read but i don't have anything else i think we covered most things in this game that I, I think we need to cover cool yeah so you know this being the first series that that you've completed on this podcast and also it being a series that you weren't familiar with before if there was going to be more legacy of kane what would you want what we dead son that looked like assassin's creed game that we didn't get Okay, yeah. That's I really, one. like, I don't need more of Kane and Raziel stories. I would like to just have something, because when I remember watching of Dead Son, that little bit of trailer that came out, it looked like an Assassin's Creed, you know, had a baby with action game, like Devil May Cry, and that hit the vibe right for me, because, you know, give me awesome story of this, but give me, you know, combat and more and more things just kind of going along, and I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Just don't give me run around a world confused for hours. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm kind of in the same vein. Like, I remembered when I when I read the synopsis of Dead Son, I thought it was a mistake that they said it, like, I think, like, a thousand years after, like, Kane and Raziel. So, like, they're not even in the, they're not even part of it. Um, which also, maybe, like, they should have, they should have made Blood Omen the actual, like, series name instead of Legacy of Kane. Um, but I guess it can still be his legacy, even if he's not in the game. Um, I'm sure he would have been somewhere in there, like... Oh, you know, yeah. This is what like he did after something. Yeah. But, but I, I think I'm kind of torn. I like I like the idea of level based games because because there aren't many of those anymore. But I think if I if I had my way, what I would want is a open world like Zelda style game. Because that's that's because Blood Omen 1 is basically Legend of Zelda for adults. Like it's straight up, you know, like <laughs> like a top down action adventure game. So I'd want, I would want that bring back like the armor and weapons that you can equip because I thought that was a really awesome aspect of the first game that they got rid of. But then also have parts where you have to be a stealthy vampire because you don't want to raise, you know, 
attention to yourself. So parts of it would be kind of Hitman-esque where it's like, oh, no, I've got to, like, pretend to be a human right now and get into this area and then suck the blood. You know, like, I can't just, like, go around, like, they victusing everybody in, in a, you know, blood frenzy because, like, it's going to go real bad for me. Or maybe you do do that. Like, maybe it's, like, Dishonored where you can go apeshit, like, in a town, but it's going to make things harder for you in the long run. I think that would be really cool. Like, like kind of combine, you know, little bits of the whole series into something, like, really cohesive and obviously much more polished. So Assassin's Creed? That's what reminded <laughs> no, me of what you were I mean, yes, but... um. But I, I envision the stealth as more of like Hitman, where instead of like sneaking up in bushes and stuff like that, you know, you're using like mind control or like that disguise ability to blend in. And then, like, well, I guess that's old style Assassin's Creed, isn't it? I, I've only played really like the newer ones where it's more of like an RPG and then occasionally you get in a bush and stab a dude. <laughs> yeah, the old ones are a lot of stealth. You can fight, but it's not super good and you don't want to, but you sneak around a lot and kill people. Yeah. Violently. Yeah, I, I like I like the Hitman mode more where you're just like stalking a dude. I've <laughs> like, actually never played a Hitman game. Oh, dude. OK, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, another series that probably doesn't hold up very well. So I would say if you're going to start, start with Blood Money, because that's probably the most playable of the I older have stuff. Hitman 2, um, the new one that came out on Steam. Uh huh. If we originally were going to do it on the show for the first season that Mike came, but then when the other guys quit the show, I took it off. Because I redid the entire season. But yeah, we were supposed to play Hitman 2. The, oh. like, the, of the new trilogy. Yes. One that just that, came okay. out a yeah, couple years ago? Yeah, those games are phenomenal. Um, Like, they're so much fun to replay. Like, I didn't realize that the first time that I played it. Like, when I played the first game, I just, like, went through the levels once. And then I was like, okay, I finished the game. But then Hitman 2, I was like, oh, no, you actually just want to, like, keep doing these levels and come up with, like, more and more effed up ways to, like, take on your objectives. And it it's so funny. It's sort of like the Yakuza series where it's, like, on one hand, it's super serious. And on the other hand, it has the wackiest stuff you've ever seen in video games. And somehow it works. I don't It's just, I don't know. It's just one of those series I've never got around to. And I, I can't tell you why. Because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, those, those those newer ones are very accessible. Like they they do a lot of like really great quality of life stuff. Where you know I started with Blood Money also, and that game was great. But then at the same time, there would be times where it's like, why why did I why did I die there, or why did I get spotted there? I don't understand because you they didn't have like the the ability to convey information to you the way that they do in the 2016 series. Because yeah, Blood Money 2007, so that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any last things to say about Legacy Kane Defines for going on questions, comments, or memories? Which we do have questions, actually. Um, I'll, I'll save it for uh, Shelfer Box. Okay. Well, first one from the Overblood group I got from Clayton Keith. It was a really interesting, but left me wanting more, but I still hate how they redesigned Kane after the first game. Huh, that's interesting. I I like it because it also makes sense in the lore that, like, you know, they're all evolving, and that's kind of how he's evolved, you know, to become more monstrous and less human. And again, I, I thought it would have been really cool if this one ended with him evolving to the point of like basically, re- you know, becoming what like what the vampires used to be like. That would have been really cool. Like imagine like seeing that on a box cover like for the sequel where it's like this, you know, b- like blue winged character with this badass sword and this white hair. Be neat. I actually almost I actually never bought this game back in the day. I remember I picked it up. I was going to buy it. And my friend was with me like, why are you buying this? You never even played a Legacy of Kane game before. I'm like, but it looks cool. Yeah. And they convinced me not to. 
Ah. That's how we stuck with me after all these years. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite pieces of box art. Like, it's a really good cover. Yeah, it is. All right. And then from the Legacy of Kane fans group, first one is a quote from the game from Julian Henry. You best burrow deep right after when the other god is running away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. And from Brandon yeah. Jarrell, favorite enemy. I The Red Demons. To seeing them again, hit, hit nostalgic I didn't know I had. Favorite enemy in this one. Hmm. You know, like, even though they were annoying, I, I liked the, the vampire <laughs> statues because I liked the way that they crumble. Like, they, they take damage over time and the sounds that they make when you hit them. And then also when they die, like, there's just this light that streams out of them. It Like, design wise, they're really cool. I just didn't like that I had to fight what seemed like an army of them. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of them. And another question from the same guy. Favorite location? Mordor's Mansion? Oh, hell no. Um... <laughs> You know what? It, it's it's actually Avernus Cathedral because of the throwback. Like I, mm-hmm. I was so jazzed to go back to Avernus. I thought that was real. No, wait, I take that back. I take that back. Kane's mausoleum. That was my favorite part because like it, you you get to go to the place where he wakes up when when he was you know turned into a vampire because I had forgotten that Kane was a nobleman. So of course he would have a mausoleum because you know he was rich, and so you know you get to see it like done up in a way that they couldn't do on Blood Omen 1. And you know, there's this big like portrait of him and there's like a bust of him and stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, this is this is proper Kane mausoleum style. It, it's, a, it's a brief part of the game. It's not okay. like an actual level. It's like, it's just like part of, or is it a, no, it, it's an actual level. It's just a short one. Okay. There are I some levels in here that are like very short. Near the end of the game or near the beginning? Near the beginning. Okay, that's why I wasn't really like into it yet. I was playing it, but it didn't really hit me probably then. Yeah, I, I think I think it might be like Raziel's like first level when he's. Oh, I'm sorry, it is when when he first materializes into the material realm. Is that right? No, 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 that's not right. But it's it's one of his first levels after he breaks out of the spectral realm. Okay, that's probably why I don't remember it. And then I was gonna say I'm just gonna say the cemetery is Raziel because I really enjoyed that part. Mm. And someone I, else had said that, so it reminded me like, well, I did like that place. Interesting. I I I, I got very turned around in that area, and I, I was like. Because the it, it, so, I think I've mentioned this before, but I have this weird brain thing where I remember video game stuff above almost anything else. Like, don't ask me like important things from my life because I won't remember. But I can tell <laughs> you like the names of like obscure characters from games that I've played once twenty years ago. But for some reason, playing through this, I didn't remember anything other than like the combat. I couldn't remember like areas or or story beats or anything. And so for a while there, I was like, did I get stuck on the cemetery level? What, did I get stuck like at the very beginning of the game? But no, it, it was definitely <laughs> Vorador's Mansion. Because once I saw the courtyard, I was like, that's it. This is the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's one part in Vorador's Mansion. You have to jump up something and jump through a window to get to a different area to get something. Like, it is it is so confusing. Yeah. I And then when you open, when you put the damn keys and the when you stab the spears, you you make wall, certain walls are fragile. You can now break. Oh, man, is it, it is so confusing. Well, especially because because they don't communicate to you that like like he should have said like oh like this mural got damaged maybe like the other ones have been affected in the same way mm-hmm. you know there is a cutscene later on if you happen to walk by another one like he'll say that but I didn't like I didn't know that I was supposed to look for that I just thought that they were like giving me some health you know when when because <laughs> that's all that's behind those first two and I was it like okay you. like I. I I thought that would have led the way to the next area, but I guess not. So now what do I do? <laughs> All right. Here's another one uh, from the same guy. Favorite Reaver. Ooh, 
For Kane, it's the Time Reaver. Okay. For Raziel, it's the Water Reaver, because I like freezing them. I didn't know you could freeze them. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm I use say, the, the Reaver spells a lot. The Earth ones, I like the way it looked and the damage it did to them, because Earth, I felt like it did some decent damage in the ability you get by making platforms. Yeah. And I like the the lightning ability from Kane that he had. That one's good, too, because that, that one also, like, it starts arcing from enemy to enemy when you're just hitting them regularly, which is pretty neat. This guy gave me a lot of questions. I still have two more I'm going to read from the same guy, Brandon Jarrell. Cool. <laughs> hey, nice having questions for a change on the game. Normally, I don't get a lot of questions. Uh, did yeah. you like alternating between Kane and Raziel? I loved it. Me too. It, yeah. it, it was, I wasn't so sure when I first heard about the game was, and we were you know, getting ready for the show, but I enjoyed it. It, kept, it was interesting. I mean, I wanted Kane back all the time, but I didn't like Raziel as much because he was much more puzzle heavy. I felt like Kane was more combat heavy, but... That's definitely the breakdown to the point that I wish that there were fewer enemies for Raziel to fight, especially in Forador's Mansion, because that was my thing. Is like, I don't want to fight you anymore. I just want to solve the puzzles. Was- um, but that, but also, like, Kane just seems like so much more complete. It's like, I can just, like, mist through, you know, these barriers where Raziel has to, like, go to a completely different plane of reality. Yeah. And, you know, like the shifting in this particular game, I didn't enjoy as much as Soul Reaver 1 and 2. Again, just because I think that for a lot of the game, they only used it to like have you go through these gates. And basically it's like the puzzle ended up being now find out how to get back into the material realm instead of, you know, use the spectral realm to completely alter like the structure of the area and use it to get to a different place that you couldn't before. Like, there's very little of that stuff in this game. Less than five times. I want to say. Yeah. It's really just roll through gate. Yeah. And then last question I'm reading from this guy. Uh, how did you feel about Raziel dying? I was conflicted about it, but ultimately I liked it, especially because, like I said, I fully expected Crystal Dynamics to kill off Kane and have Raziel be the poster boy moving forward, because, again, that's the character that they created. But I liked the idea of having Kane moving forward, but you could have done something really cool with a direct sequel where like Raziel was almost like your navigator, where he would act like his spirit would like come out of the blade and talk to Kane. You could have done some neat stuff with that where it's like, even though Kane's by himself, like there's another character that he's talking to. Although I do love, I, I wish more games did this where, where it's like first person narration. I love that shit. And especially like hearing Kane, you know, talk about stuff. It's just really cool. So it's like, he doesn't really need somebody to talk to cause he can just talk to himself. <laughs> but I thought that would have been a neat thing going forward as if like, Raziel was still like a specter that could like come out of the blade couldn't do anything, but, but just like, you know, Hey, maybe you need to go do this. Like that type of thing. Okay. And from Daniel Klopatry in a different world where the OG cast would still be alive. How would you finish the legacy of Kane series? This is just for you. Mm. One. I forget who I didn't Renee. Odo from Deep Space Nine, didn't he do a voice in Legacy of Kane? Yeah, he did Yanis Audrin, and he did reprise his role. Like, really, I think the only one who's dead, dead that I know of is Tony Jay, who played the Elder God, and he played Mortanius in the first game. Okay. Although I'm wondering if the voice actor of Mobius also died. And Michael Bell is, like, getting, I think he might be close to 80 or past 80. So, Man. you know, that that's, that's rough. But, uh, you know... I think I probably like I really like the ending of Defiance. I think I think this is what I would have wanted. Like I I think the only thing again and you know not to repeat myself but I think the only thing that I would have liked to have seen was Kane evolve again into like a 
closer look to the original vampires. And maybe maybe it's not a thing that he looks like permanently. Again, maybe it's like a devil trigger thing where, you know, sometimes he can like assume this form. You know, maybe you could do puzzles with that where it's like, oh, he transforms and now he can fly to this next area uh, instead of just float or something cool. like that. So you're telling me you want the end of Dirge of Cerberus where you become a god and just shoot things instead, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't play that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. I, well, I don't think I think I cut it down in my episode too. But I, I remember it was a, it was a good game in 2007. Yeah, I I played a little bit of it for the first time because I like so I collect Final Fantasy games and I was like, I guess I need to buy Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> so I went ahead and bought it because I've, I've you know the last few years have been like just like kind of like picking up games here and there randomly and I happen to find a good copy of it at our at my local used game shop. And I was like, okay, let me test it. Let me make sure this works. And I, I played the beginning. I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> this is one of the worst <laughs> controlling shooting games I have ever seen. <laughs> it's really made for one particular type of person. So yeah, the, the, the edge words that just loved Val, just that just loved Vincent in in Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you don't play for the gameplay. You play for the just the fact that you get to be in the FF7 world and see one cutscene with Cloud in it. Yeah, and I. I like Final Fantasy VII, but the the fans of Final Fantasy VII have turned me off of it in a pretty big way. I kind of like I didn't I didn't play Dirge of Cerberus. I didn't play Crisis Core. I grudgingly I grudgingly watched Advent Children, and again it, it was because it was like I don't care. Like I any other Final Fantasy world than this, you should go back and revisit. Like why why is it this one? And I know why, but it but it's it's one of my least favorite. Final Fantasy Worlds. It's not my f- eight. I'm actually been tempted to go back to eight because I don't remember anything about eight. I don't either. Like it's funny. Like that game falls out of my brain. So there's two podcasts that I listen to that are covering Final Fantasy eight right now. There's a Square Roots podcast where they just finished it. They did okay. a full playthrough. And then my current favorite podcast is No One Can Know About This, where they just play old Final Fantasy games. And that, if people haven't listened to that, that is a fantastic podcast because they do, they record the actual them playing the game and them talking about it as they're playing the game. But then as they're editing it, they cut in with like comments. So you get like past, past them playing it and then present day them talking about it after the fact. But wow, like they're, they're playing it right now and they, you know, they're telling the whole story and stuff. They even do like voices for the characters and then like. When the next episode comes out, I do not remember what happened the previous week. There's something weird about that game where it just falls out of my head like the second that I hear about it. I don't know. It's I want to revisit it because I I I think that gameplay wise, it's probably one of the most fun one of the most fun games to play if you know how to actually play it, which is don't play it like any other role playing game. (laughs) Don't level up. No, don't level up. But other than that, like uh, the characters are really boring, and I think the story is just like incoherent <laughs> it's it's on my list to go back to at some point it's not my my favorite is six because that's the best one ever made but yeah <laughs> so. yeah i i played through um all of final fantasy 9 remastered last year with a strategy guide open because and i've never done that before and so i got like everything i did like all of the side stuff the only thing that i didn't do was completely was beat the final like hidden boss i tried it a few times but i just didn't have the right strategy but that was a lot. That was super satisfying. So I want to do that with Final Fantasy VIII because I played that in 1999, finished it in less than a month, and then never touched it again. So I would I would like to go back to it. Same. And then some more questions from Jordan Morla. 
Defiance added some really enjoyable features to this franchise. If you ask me, playing as both Kane and Raziel for the first time was amazing. The animation was so much smoother and polished when it came to finishing moves. Combos, reaver attacks, dialogues, and so on. Some may rightly argue that the camera was a pain. It is. Sometimes the level design definitely lacked variety. Still can't deny that the Seraphan Stronghold, Vorador's Mansion, and the Graveyard look pretty amazing. Granted, it had its flaws, but it was a, big, it was a fun game nevertheless. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and again, I, I think that the, the level design and the camera stuff, that's kind of just a product of the time. You know, and, and I really like when you go back to play old games like this, I think it's important to, you know, keep that in mind. Because like 2003, that didn't bother me at all camera was fine you know the the level design was fine because that's what video games were they're not you know, anymore <laughs> yeah not anymore that's the thing and you know it's, it's like i find it a little unfair to criticize a game based on modern day stand standards because it's like well they didn't like a lot of the language of video game design that we take for granted now wasn't even written yet you know when this game was made fair and from Micaiah Mance, I rep- I'm replaying it. It's my personal favorite, but I understand why people don't like it. It's more old God. It's more old God of War style than the exploration puzzle game of the the others are. That's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it splits the difference pretty well. I I liked the puzzles. I thought some of them were pretty darn clever. And you know, but then and the combat is so much better. It it, it kind of reminds me because like you know, Soul Reaver one. I thought the puzzles were fantastic, but like the the combat was terrible. Because, you know, because it was, it was like, <laughs> was like I think that was like pre-analog stick days. Yeah. It, and yeah. then then Soul Reaver 2, the puzzles were still pretty good and the combat was getting there, but it still wasn't there. And then so this in, in a lot of ways feels like the the culmination of everything where it's like, OK, this is this is what this series should be. And it, it, it man, it sucks that it's the last one. And this one is kind of just for me from Gene Harold about time and waiting for this. Listen to the others already. It made me smile when I saw that comment. So yeah, I had to thank you. Out here. Uh, I know. I'm. Hey, we only waited almost two years to cover this. Yeah, but you know, I mean, we but we did the other ones in the in the meantime. So I think I think it was it was worth it. It's nineteen forty something. I'll say it at the end, but I can't remember what numbers they all are. But yeah, yeah. It, they're pretty well in between each other. Yeah, it, it, it was it was like not long enough that I would forget everything from the previous one, but just long enough that I was ready to go back. And from John Hamilton, I have to say everything came full circle. Raziel in the end made up with his father. Kane became the scion, but also defied destiny at any turn. If it wasn't playing outright, he changed it. Yeah, okay. totally agree. Like I, like I said, like I, I was very satisfied with how this ended. And I have one last group to read from uh, Nas Gothic Realm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to read a, I'll read a couple of these from first one from Mark Jorgensen. Just replayed it recently. Love the story. Absolutely despise the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the epitome of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The combat is proved over the Soul Reaver games, but still tedious, and the combo system never seemed to work at all that well for me. The ending the Raziel story is bittersweet, but satisfying, but it's a crime that Dark Prophecy was never made. Which one is Dark Dark Prophecy? I don't know. I wonder if that was like a different name for Dark Sun, or maybe, if there might have been be... another canceled project that I'm not aware of. Probably was maybe Dark Sun, and we yeah. just a different because it's probably different. This could be a different country, so it could be a different way True. they called it. And he said, my favorite part is a Turiel encounter. Agreed. In the end, Kane is still pretty much an ass, but I guess he's trying to be better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this one from Nicholas Mills. Personally, this was the end of the series, and, I, and, I, and I've had my closure. I know lots of others haven't, by the way, it ended is ambiguous, enough to where it almost doesn't need another game. Yes, there was a planned final, final game that got canned, but the devs who worked on it have put out details of how it would have ended, so I'm fine. Kind of how I got my closure to Half-Life 3 with the lead writer releasing his plan ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like I, I, 
I think it it ends like I I think it's it just leaves it you know the door open for more adventures of Kane and or games set in Nosgoth. But yeah, I'm you know I'm fine with it. Although like, I like want I, it, you know, I want I want the Tomb Raider 2013 Crystal Dynamics team to take a crack at this, and it it makes me so mad that they're owned by Square Enix because one. Square Enix probably doesn't even know that they own Legacy of Kane. <laughs> Two, <laughs> like they made Crystal Dynamics make that Avengers game, and I know it didn't sell. Like, like it almost like broke them last year. Oh, there's gonna you be know? there's gonna be problems. So, like, I, I'm worried that they're just going to close Crystal Dynamics, and then it's like, well, fuck. So this is just never happening, is it? And it's like, unless they do, I, I would like them to do maybe what they did with IO, where it's like they allow Crystal Dynamics to, like, purchase themselves or, like, just go independent again, but also take Legacy of Kane with them. And so then maybe we can get it from Crystal Dynamics themselves. But who knows? There may not be anybody left at the Crystal Dynamics who even worked on the series that even cares. You know, they might be just, like, all Tomb Raider all the way right now. I, who knows? I mean, I, I don't see... I feel like that's all gone and done with by now. The people who worked on those are probably way different companies. Yeah. I mean, someday it might come back. I mean, look how many series come back after a while. People just reboot it with somebody else. Like, so it could happen. Yeah, I'll never say never because there's been crazier things that have happened. But it seems highly unlikely just based on who owns the IP. Yeah, because <laughs> Square Enix likes to sit on IPs. They do. And then they get angry when, when they, you know, when they sell. Like, I will never I will never stop beating this dead horse about Tomb Raider 2013 sold better than any game in the series other than Tomb Raider 2. Which and one is Square, that That's the first one in the Crystal Dynamics trilogy, the the, the modern Tomb Raider. A legend? Oh, no, 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 no you're Tomb talking Raider. about the reboot. Yeah. All right, okay, um, good game. It's a great game, and it sold like 8 million copies or something like that, which no game in the series had done, again, or I think it was higher than that. Anyway, no, I looked at the, the numbers. No game in the series had sold nearly that amount uh, since Tomb Raider 2. And Square was like, oh, it was, a, it was a disaster. Like, it didn't it didn't sell well. And it's like, what the, what were your fucking expectations for this? Like, you know, the last game that they made only sold two million copies. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they're probably shitting their pants with the Avengers game then. Oh, for sure. And yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I won't. I'm going to play it one day, but. I really want to. I'm going to wait really until want. it's on Game Pass. I'm waiting for it's cheap, dirt cheap and I'll buy it. Yeah. But from Mustafa Shelby. Probably the biggest video game disappointment of my life, along with Flat Out 3. Whoa. Flat Out 3 is. Uh, it's a racing game. Okay. And from Diebolt McKay, my reaction at the end, a wish never fulfilled. And it has the Oliver Twist holding the bowl. More, please. A little gift. <laughs> and last one I'm going to read, McKinley Yates. Love this game to death. I remember seeing Kane smile before killing Mobius and smiling with him. I've never mm-hmm. been so excited to see a character get what they deserve. And finally seeing Kane and Raziel class was the best. You can literally cut the emotions in that scene with a knife. So good. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like when you see Kane smile and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> well, he finally gets him after all these years. He's been trying to hunt down Mobius. He finally is in the opportunity to finish him off. Yeah. So good. So, yeah. And that brings us now to shelf stack or box stack was something that since you weren't here last time we had stack stack is the middle ground or something. Okay. You're not so sure if you want to put on the shelf and you don't want to put in the box, put it on the stack. Okay. That works. We decided gray area. And, I'll go first. Yeah. I I did enjoy this game. I'm glad I played it. I don't want to. I don't need any more Legacy of King games. Like I'm happy the series is over, but I had fun. I mean, it was a hell of a it was a hell of a trip playing through this game and and being able to play as Kane and Raziel in the same game and actually a cool Kane for the first time all series. I don't like Blood Only One. Mm-hmm. 
So I got my cool cane, and this was a great game. It's going on the stack because I can't really recommend it to anybody unless you're someone that's played the entire series. I feel like the game doesn't really do it for you. It has to be like you have to be have played Soul Reaver, maybe Blood Omen 2, like Blood Omen 1, you should Blood Omen 2, but play enough of the series that this game will really grab you. So it's going on the stack, and I'm really glad I got to play it. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to put it on the shelf. I think this is my second favorite game in the series behind Blood Omen because I, I, I just adore that game. Like, um, even even with the terrible load times and the slowdown and stuff like that, like, I still, like, part of it is, like, nostalgia, but and then part of it is just that I, I really love, like, how hard it swings uh, for the time period. And this one, like, it, it's like a close, this and Soul Reaver 1 are, like, neck and neck for the number two slot. And I would recommend it to people. I, I'd say, like, if you're curious, like, just look up a YouTube, like, synopsis of the series up to that point and then jump in because it is the most playable of the entire series. It, it's it's harder to go back to the to the other games where this one, I think, again, even though the camera is really bad and the level design is confusing, <laughs> like, it's still, you know, if, if you're if you're if you're comfortable with PlayStation two games and you're aware of like their kind of, you know, shortcomings from the era, like, I think this one is still playable. That, that being said, like, you know, going back to like what I would want, I I would love them to remaster this one. I saw footage on YouTube of a 4k like fan mod and it looks so gorgeous. And it's like, just at least just give me that guys. Just just (laughs) at least give me that. (laughs) Like, even if you don't do any other work to it, Although you should at least put a mini map and like some other like quality of life stuff. But if, if you just remaster it and like maybe give me some achievements, I'm there. I'm totally there. Uh, okay. I can see that because this game out of all the series that we've played so far, this one would make the most sense to remaster, I think, other than yeah. the story part. Yeah. Cause I, I think PlayStation two games, you can get away with just a remaster PS one games. You have to remake those from the ground up. There's no way that you can just like pretty them up and put them, you know, on a modern console. And well, I don't, I actually didn't mind that for Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 because that's all I really wanted. I didn't I didn't need Final Fantasy 7 Remake and now that I play it, I really didn't need Final Fantasy 7 Remake. But at least I can play it in HD, you know, on, on my Xbox and PlayStation 4. Uh, this is funny about you and the, the Final Fantasy 7 now that I didn't know. Yeah, it, you know, again, it's it's I don't hate it. I don't hate any of the Final Fantasy games other than 2. The original 2? The original 2. Okay. Like, like the, the, the NES one. I was going to have um, words otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Final Fantasy IV is my favorite in the series. Okay. But seven is like decidedly middle of the pack for me. I loved it when it came out, but then the more that I looked at it, I was like, they really took a lot of the charm away from Final Fantasy, didn't they? And like, it's not as interesting to play, is it? And then, oh, and now this is just what it is going forward. Huh. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that is one of its problems. Yeah. Also, I'm not, I'm not as big a fan of the cast as most people are. It's like, I liked Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett, and the rest of them can go hang. <laughs> and if you, in, and oh, and before we get on the plugs, uh, Julian, you want to say where people can find you at? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Julian underscore Titus. You can find our show on Twitter at NWPcast, and you can find the show on most places that you listen to podcasts. So go give us a listen. Um, we give you a lot of bang for your buck, like, our episodes, we, we come out bi-weekly, but, but our episodes are now usually three hours, sometimes four, and we've just kind of embraced it because our listeners are like, yeah, just give me more. And and so th- that's just what it is now. It's <laughs> <laughs> long. So if you're not a fan of long podcasts, we might not be for you. But, you know, if you want to spend half of your workday with us, 
we're we're there for you. Hell, I've listened to a ten hour podcast one, so yeah, I I started one that was that, and like it was good. I just didn't finish the whole thing, but but I love long podcasts. I was listen it? to podcasts all day at work, so the okay, longer that, the better. That's... I can't do that, unfortunately, or I would. Oh, it was Kane and Rince. They did a ten a ten hour like multi part edited podcast talking about game of the games of the year. Have they played that year? Oh, nice. Yeah, I listen to Kane and Rince if it's a game that I care about. That's kind of the way that I listen to games my mom found. Also, it's like, oh, I don't care about this. People do too. (laughs) I I found I I found out. Yeah, if you don't care about the game, you're not people aren't going to listen to the episode. I found out. So yeah, sometimes I I just I want to learn more about the game, even though I don't care about it. But sometimes it's like, okay, I. I still don't care. <laughs> That's why we publish two to three episodes a week now. <laughs> usually two. I do one one week a month. Where I do three usually. Yeah. Because I record so fucking much. I'm like, I gotta get this shit out, or I'll just sit on it for years. Yeah. And and if you enjoyed this episode, we did do. We have covered the whole series. A Blood Omen Legacy came with episode 19. Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver episode 40. My God, I feel like a long time ago. <laughs> and Soul Reaver two was episode 77. And then Blood Omen 2 is episode 91. So if you want to get the rest of the series, that's where you can find it. And we might do... I'm going to say it in here, so I have to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking something that when we finish series on the show, we're going to do like a retrospect where we talk about the entire series as a whole and about the games. Yeah. We might do that. We'll for see. That. Probably will. Probably just be me and Julia again this week. <laughs> the only person from the beginning that's still here with me. <laughs> no, again, Omen, Michael Hughes doesn't want to podcast with me. It's fine. It's fine. He doesn't want to cover Legacy. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like Legacy game that much. Because <laughs> Blood Omen 1 was all four of us. Uh, Soul Reaver was, I think, three of us? Or might have been all yes. four. It was, I think it was three. And then Soul Reaver 2 was three of us. Blood Omen 2 was me and you because Mike was sick and he had joined the show. And then this one we finished off me and you. So we're the only two that survived. Yep. <laughs> And so if you enjoyed the show, definitely go check out all our other material. We have tons of episodes. We do comics. We do movies. We're going through the MCU, and we are getting there. We're in phase three. We're getting near the end of that um, dumbass project I had a year ago idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of an undertaking trying to cover all those movies. I don't ever need to see them again once I'm finished the series. <laughs> Not for really? a year or two. Dude, I, I, I have watched like the whole thing like so many times. Like I love them. Um, I'm, I'm ready to be done once I finish. I think when I like I, when I did my my rewatch after end or after sorry after after Homecoming came out I I was like okay I'm good for a while but then I'm like oh but I should just like rewatch Phase One <laughs> or like or or now I'm just like I should just rewatch like let me just watch like all the Avengers movies like I, I just I, they are some of my favorite movies of the last like fifteen They're years and I, mean, I know I know they've only been out for ten but like you know I going further back it's like. I adore those movies. Like there is not a single one that I don't like. And I just, I, I, I get more from them every time that I watch them. Like I, I saw Endgame in the theater five times and I was still finding stuff. I was like, Oh, I didn't catch that before. <laughs> I'm looking forward to re I haven't rewatched some theaters and we are actually, we're coming up to that. We're on Ant-Man next in, in our watch order. Cause we're, we, re- I, we record them way ahead of time. <laughs> God, Ant-Man. Oh, Ant-Man's so good. Like I need more, I need more Louis. I don't know. Did you watch? Are you, are you watching WandaVision or did you watch WandaVision? I watch WandaVision and I'm watching Falcon. Okay. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about them doing a spinoff with um, Darcy and Agent Wu. Yeah. And I am all for that, but they need to also have Luis and his ex-con um, business as, as like the backup people, like the people in the chair. Like I, I need all of those characters just like being wacky and oh man, it'd be so good. <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed those, definitely. And please follow. I'm going to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet. 
Song of the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely go give him a listen to on his YouTube. And also, we have a Patreon, finally. It only took me almost two years, but we have a Patreon. There'll be a oh, link shit. in the show notes. We have no incentives yet, because I don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> I decided to make a Patreon, so if you want to throw me a dollar, just throw me money. a dollar. <laughs> we'll eventually come up with more incentives once I, once I figure it out, once I figure out what I want to do with it. So yeah. definitely go do that. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube now, so give us a subscribe. We finally got a custom URL. It only took 150 subscribers instead of the normal 100 it says you need. But hey, we're there. <laughs> so you can find us in all those places, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.